crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so glad to have you here along for the ride. Lots and lots going on, and I'm torn between stories that are being overreported and stories that you just need to hear regardless, plus that usual cathartic uh, energy that sometimes just talking about this stuff tends to play out for me. And we're going to fall into that category a little more than anything, but I'm going to try to do a few quick hits right here off the top. I'm going to start with the fact that Kamala Harris, you know, the currently recognized vice president of the United States. Well, Kamala finally got a chance to go down in the record books for something that probably isn't really positive, but it's at least not the negative kind of things that have followed her around during her political career and uh, certainly will not necessarily be associated with the Biden administration exclusively. In fact, it has a lot more to do with the fact that the Senate is currently comprised of an even number of Republicans and Democrats. You see, she's going into the record books because she now has set the brand new longest tally 
of the largest number of tie-breaking votes. Okay, so this particular record was broken on Tuesday of this particular week. This, of course, being December 5th, 2023, as of this current broadcast. The vote to break <clears throat> a 50-50 standoff and advance the nomination of a U.S. District Judge, Miss Kamala Harris, surpassed the 191-year-old record of 31 tie-breaking votes set by John C. Calhoun. You know, the guy who served as vice president from 1825 to 1832 under President John Quincy Adams and then again uh, Andrew Jackson. You see, Senator Joe Manchin joined with the Republicans in voting against invoking cloture. Today <clears throat> is historic. Senate Majority Leader Chuck E. Schumer said, after the vote, of course, Vice President Harris has just cast her 32nd tie-breaking vote, the most tie-breakers ever. I join all of my colleagues in both sides of the aisle thanking the Vice President for her leadership and for making the work of the Senate possible. Okay, gonna give you a second there. Uh, what is he really saying? For 191 years, we have never been so evenly split in the Senate that we haven't had to have somebody cast 32 tie-breaking votes before. What exactly is her leadership in this role, uh, Chucky? Uh, she voted. Whoa, wow, that's so different for her. Uh, keeping in mind that she had been in the Senate before becoming vice president under the Biden regime. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see that as leadership. All she's done is carry the party line. Of course, in Chuck Schumer's mind, that is allowing the Senate to, to do their work. The work of the Senate. 191 years. <laughs> All right, so Schumer went on to credit Harris for helping Senate Democrats pass key pieces of legislation, including the American Rescue Plan that did anything but rescue America, the Inflation Reduction Act that only served to increase inflation, as well as assisting them in confirming Joe Biden's nominations for federal judgeships. Oh, the leadership she has provided. The majority leader also thanked VP Harris for casting tie-breaking votes, all this while juggling the immense responsibilities of her office. That's a quote again. And then made the case for how the vice president's, quote, great milestone is just part of a greater legacy. Yes, for the knee pads part of Operation P-Pads and Knee Pads, uh, a.k.a. the Biden-Harris uh, administration, uh, that's quite the greater legacy. 
again, I just <laughs> the immense responsibilities of the office. The immense responsibility of the office is to parrot whatever the president wants parroted and, uh, you know, occasionally have to vote to break a tie in the Senate. So she's had to do that more than any other vice president in history. But that is basically the... <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of the immense responsibility. She's been tasked with going and being the border czar, but did she bother to go? She's not been to the border. Even now, she still hasn't been. There was some uh, talking about how she would go at some point, but no. What is this immense responsibility you speak of there, Chucky? Now, Harris, a former California Attorney General and U.S. Senator for the great state of California, has served as Vice President now for nearly three years. She is seeking another term in the White House as part of Biden's 2024 re-election ticket, despite both having approval numbers hovering in the 30s. By comparison, Congress has an approval rating that has sunk below 20%, according to 538's poll tracker. But Harris, what has she really done? She, she got the golden gavel as a reward for casting her, her record-breaking vote. Chuck Schumer presented the trinket to her after taking it out of a box in front of reporters. Ooh, this is a big deal. It's an accomplishment. We've done something. Of course, Miss Harris smiled and embraced Chuck Schumer, saying she was, quote, truly honored. <sighs> Doug Anders, press secretary for... Mitch McConnell, <laughs> Doug responded to a video of the celebration uh, on X, formerly Twitter, uh, saying, quote, this is painful to watch, but I can't look away. Feels like a gift Schumer found in his desk this morning. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. This is where we are. Chuck Schumer celebrating the only thing that Kamala Harris is really going to be able to brag about when this is all said and done. I mean, there's mention, there's talk, there's discussion about the continuation of the Biden-Harris ticket. But there's also reports going around today about how Joe Biden said that if Donald Trump wasn't seeking re-election, he's not certain he would be running. They're still trying to soften the blow. Joe Biden will not be running for president. He's going to try. He's going to do everything he can. But at the end of it all, he's not going to make it. And that's okay. We've known this for a while. We've known it longer than Joe has. Another reason why someone might think that Joe Biden's not going to make it. Forget about the health. 
Forget about his lack of ability to complete a sentence without embarrassing himself, the office, and the entire nation, and especially the Democratic Party. Let's look now at the fact that a corporation that was owned and controlled by Hunter Biden has, in fact, been shown to have made several direct monthly payments to one Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., starting back in 2018. Now, the House Oversight Committee this past Monday released these records. Immediately, the press, the media, the mainstream legacy media, started trying to cover for Joe, as they have from the beginning. Oh, rehashing an old uh, reframe. They're just uh, trying to beat this poor dead horse. There's nothing to see here. Let's move on, routine. But the subpoenaed bank records that uh, have also now been released to all the media that's willing to publish it, which is surprisingly very little, short of the conservative news outlets around the country. But they show that this corporation, that Hunter Biden was in complete control of, it was his little pride and joy at the moment, that it in fact did establish a monthly payment to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., Hunter's daddy, the same daddy who claims he never spoke about the business dealings, that he was never in business, that he's never benefited directly from business involving foreign nationals with any of the family members, and yet here we are. Now, the media tried to cover, saying, well, this is just where Joe had given a loan to his son, Hunter, to buy a Ford Raptor, of all things, and that this was Hunter paying him back. Except it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter what the purpose was. Joe Biden received benefit directly from a company that was being paid by not only the Chinese Communist Party, but also a few other foreign governmental or private with government connection interests. Foreign nations were funding Hunter Biden's business. It took this foreign money for Hunter to pay Joe back, if that is actually legitimate, giving them full and completely the benefit of the doubt, pretending for a second that this is legitimate, that that is exactly what just happened. It's still Joe Biden receiving benefit, Joe Biden receiving direct cash payments. It wasn't even filtered through Hunter's private accounts. Which, it wouldn't matter in this instance, even if it was. If you can prove that Hunter Biden transferred funds from this corporation that he was running into his personal accounts, and then from his personal accounts, he then paid his father back. Sure, he filtered it. He laundered it. He moved it through an extra layer to make it a little harder to follow and make it seem a little more legitimate. But it's still not a legitimate situation that 
The only way you're paying for your raptor is by using Chinese money. Well, no, Tim, uh, the, 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 the truck had been paid for. They had paid for the truck. That was the borrowed money. Yeah. And presumably, that's what he's paying him back, right? That's what he's paying for? Otherwise, what else are you doing? Now, in all of the uh, House Oversight uh, information when it was released, <coughs> they acknowledged uh, James Comer uh, was out there. He said this wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. And he said that at this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using this particular corporation for tax evasion and other serious crimes. Like influence peddling? I'm just saying. Comer also said that the payments, quote, are part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about, participated in, and benefited from his family's influence peddling schemes. As the Bidens received millions from foreign nationals and companies in China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania, and Kazakhstan, Joe Biden dined with his family's foreign associates, spoke to them by speakerphone, had coffee, attended meetings, and ultimately received payments that were funded by his family's business dealings. Now, it's not going to matter. It's not going to make a bit of difference in the grand scheme. You're not going to get to see Joe Biden hauled off in handcuffs, <clears throat> even though that would be great. You're not going to get to see uh, Hunter Biden go to jail over this, although I suppose technically there's an outside shot of that. What you are going to get to see is poll numbers continue to drop. What you are going to get to see, as long as we, that's you guys out there and, and my fellow commentators, of the conservative persuasion, as long as we keep the focus on Joe Biden, how bad Joe Biden is, how corrupt Joe Biden is, then whoever gets the Republican nomination should be able to win in a cakewalk. Because the Democrats are over it. They are. And that's where we come back around to the fact that it's extremely unlikely that Joe Biden gets to be that nominee. Because the Democrats are so far over it themselves, they're still just trying to twiddle their thumbs while they figure out who the heck are they going to get to step up and take that nomination. Who are they going to get to run in place of Joe Biden? They know they don't want the lady who just went in the record books for the wonderful, massive show of leadership of casting the most tie-breaking votes in the Senate in history. Wow. She is the most impressive vice president ever by virtue of breaking a 191-year-old record for voting for her party. 
and their interests and the stuff that Joe, or at least the administration, has been asking for. That's leadership. That's miraculous. But at least it's something other than being Willie Brown's former side piece. So, hey, congratulations, Kamala. You're not going to be the party's choice to run for president. Who's next on the list? Uh, Michelle Obama, uh, still not interested, or at least pretending not to be interested. A lot of folks still think that there's a plan to slide her into that. But at this point, it's entirely possible, and based on poll numbers, it would seem like, at least for a certain percentage of the typical Democratic voting base, that Biden has damaged the Obama legacy enough that maybe nobody wants to sign up for yet another Obama. So even if this was a well-practiced, uh, uh, just a performance so that she could step out and say, well, I never wanted to do this, but America needs me and you've drafted me and I will answer the call. If this was the plan all along, it might be a smidge just too late. They might have let Biden do just a little too much harm uh, just by coining the phrase Bidenomics, because they thought somehow they were going to make that work. But you see, this is bigger than just being inept. This is bigger than just being, oh, well, you know, creepy Uncle Joe's just being Joe. And we kind of knew he was too old for the job. We kind of knew he wasn't sharp enough for the job when we elected him. But who else were we going to do? Certainly isn't going to be Gavin Newsom. I mean, Gavin's still out there running his shadow campaign, hoping that he can just swoop in. And he probably has a better chance right now than Michelle Obama, just because of the damage that's been done to the Obama legacy by Biden at this point. But even then, what chance does he really have of winning? Because a lot of the typical Democratic voters, they paid attention to this little debate between him and Ron DeSantis, and a lot of them picked up on the fact that he was just flat out lying to them. And he was, several times. Now, I had mentioned previously that, uh, that this is more of what we need to see in presidential politics. Okay, I've got my set of facts that I want to make sure you're aware of. And I've got my patented practice responses to the hit jobs that I'm expecting the other side to bring out. And then it's up to you, the voter, to decide which parts are true and which parts aren't. And so I'm, I feel free to just lie. But Gavin told some whoppers. He said some things that were so far from being true that even mainstream legacy media was fact-checking some of it. I mean, and here's the, the thing that the Democrats, they really know they're in trouble at this point because a lot of the policies, both foreign and domestic policies, things that the mainstream legacy media almost always helps cover for, they're actually fact-checking. They're actually calling out these people and expressing the fact quite clearly that the things they're saying are either not as helpful as they're pretending or are just flat out 
embrazen, emboldened lies right directly into the face of the American people. Now, that's not something they're accustomed to. That's how you know it's gone too far. The pendulum is swinging, boys and girls, and the best efforts of the Democrats to stop it are only making it move faster. So then the question becomes, whoever becomes the nominee for the Republicans, and I have some thoughts on that that a lot of you folks are probably not going to be too happy about, but... I do believe that Donald Trump is going to have a hard time actually getting to be the nominee. I have no doubt, no question whatsoever, that he can get enough votes. The question is, though, will the private club that the Republican Party is, are they going to allow a convicted felon, or even just a convicted of whatever crime they get a conviction on, not all of these are uh, felonies that they're trying to hang around uh, Trump's neck. Will they allow a gentleman, regardless of the reason why, regardless of the fact that it's politically motivated, who is convicted of a crime, be their nominee? See, I think that the answer to that is probably no. And I think it's not going to matter who's got the most votes at that time. I'd be very, very surprised if the party itself moves forward. And we know that Donald Trump is going to get convicted of at least one of these, probably two of these crimes, because in New York and in Washington, D.C., even though it shouldn't matter, even though there should never be a question, some of these cases should have never been filed, should have never been allowed to be heard, should have been rejected by the judges immediately upon reading the files. We know this has been allowed to go to this point for the express purpose of trying to stop Donald Trump. It's not right, it's not fair, but it is the way they're playing the game. And the whole time they're out there whining and trying to shift the direction of the public's attention back to Trump and by telling new lies about how we're just headed for tyranny, how Donald Trump has already said he's going to ignore the Constitution and ignore the judicial system and ignore this, that, and the other and do what he wants, even though he's never once indicated that that's a thing he'll actually do. Not when he was in office and not within the things that he said and promised. In fact, the only thing he's actually promised is to go after the people who have both illegally and immorally tried to hold him back, tried to remove him from office, tried to make him ineffective in the position. Those are people that should be gone after, that should face consequences, that should face justice, or at least some semblance thereof, because we know, because of the delicate nature of democracy, that we'll never be allowed to let these people face actual justice for the things they've done. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that it's just not realistic to expect what now, at this moment in time, looks like the automatic rematch. We're seeing Biden-Trump, 
Biden, Trump. And if it was just the numbers, if there weren't shenanigans at play, if there wasn't so many things going on that are outside of the norm, that is exactly what we'd be getting. Because Trump has won the Republican primary at this point. But that's also why there's such a hard-fought battle going on for second place. Because second place right now, by the time the convention actually rolls around, probably gets to be the nominee. And, and that's just because I, we saw what the Republicans did with Santos. Now, Santos, based on the parts that he has admitted to, is most likely guilty of all the other things he's been accused of. And if he is guilty, then he deserved to be removed. And quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing a lot of these conservative commentators that are just out here. Oh, you should have never removed him. What's wrong with you? Uh, the Democrats don't play by the rules. Why should we? Uh, that kind of comment. No, no, no. Now, if you want to make a legitimate argument that you should allow due process before making a move, I'll agree with you there. And I do agree that the House should have waited until the investigations were concluded and until we knew for sure that he was going to face the criminal charges and would most likely be convicted. Which I tend to think, based on everything I've seen, is probably what's going to end up happening. I mean, the, the accusation that continues to strike me the hardest, that means he should have been removed, is the accusation of basically identity theft. They kept credit card numbers and personal information for people that had contributed to his campaign and then continued to use and reuse those cards later in manners that were unapproved. Now, if that turns out to be right, yeah, not only should he have been booted, but he does need to spend some time in jail. He is an embarrassment already. He's clear-cut. Not the kind of guy who should be in the House of Representatives, but he's far from the only one. There's a ton of folks, a lot of them on the Democratic side, and, and Dad Gummit, if John Fetterman isn't the guy that, between the Hamas terrorist and then the uh, <laughs> Senator Menendez uh, storyline, a uh, Democratic side, and he points it out. There's reports circulating now that some of the gold bars that were discovered as part of the alleged bribe stuff for Menendez were, were linked to a robbery. Now, if that's true, it, it's, it's irrelevant at this point. It just goes to show you the kind of people that he was taking bribes from. But Fetterman is absolutely right. It's scary to me that all of a sudden John Fetterman the guy who's still, at this point now, joking about being mentally impaired in comparison to the people he's around, has actually started sounding like the voice of reason. At this rate, he's going to get booted out of the Democratic Party. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's... That's just, just where we're at. It's insane. Uh, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break before it gets any later. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, remember, you know, right now, all of this insanity going on, you really need to make sure that you're in a position 
to truly enjoy the blessings of individual liberty. And the only way you can do that is to make sure that you are engaged in individual responsibility. And the best way that you can be individually responsible is to make sure that you are also self-sufficient. Be prepared for when things go sideways. Uh, the best way to do that is to go visit our friends over at Four Patriots. Now, a lot of folks out there, they're concerned, they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to uh, have enough food in the event that there's civil unrest, that they may even have to go without electricity for an extended period of time. Four Patriots has got you more than covered in those categories as well as other stuff. And right now, you know, we're in the season of Christmas. Uh, we're just a couple of days away from Hanukkah starting. So we are definitely in holiday season for a lot of folks. Uh, for some people, this is a gift-giving holiday uh, for a lot of us. I know particularly uh, those of us celebrating Christmas. So maybe you've got somebody on your uh, shopping list that also could use the gift of self-reliance and self-responsibility. Uh, Help them out by giving them a jump start with uh, one of the best-selling survival food kits, for example. A lot of other great gift ideas over at Four Patriots, by the way. Best thing you can do is check them out. Uh, I had them set up a page just for listeners of the show. You can go to fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P, and that will take you, it'll start you out on what is this week's deals. Sell prices, low inventory items, things that are about to go away for a bit. Uh, possibly for a, a long while, depending on uh, where the supply chain is at. You know, it's a great place to start. Plus, they've got some things that, uh, you know, few might actually qualify as stocking stuffers, but most of the items are a bit large for that. Still, they make for great presents. So, again, check them out at the number four. Not, don't spell out the words. Just put the number four, patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. -P. All right, let's take that mid-hour break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year. The Biden regime has found yet another way to undermine sovereign Americans, including our U.S. military heroes. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. 
on today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The one thing that all leftists have in common is their mission to find more ways to bring misery into the lives of Americans. Yet even I was surprised when the Biden regime, which ordered the U.S. Army to leave $86 billion worth of military weapons so that the Islamic terrorists in Afghanistan could be well equipped to wreak havoc, but even I had no idea that even Uncle Joe Biden would charge soldiers like Brock Michael, a former soldier in the U.S. Army's 82nd Airborne Division, $3,561 for the military equipment he used during his service to his republic. Uncle Joe Biden armed the Islamic Taliban terrorists when he surrendered $86 billion worth of U.S. weapons to them. Now to add insult to injury, the left-wing extremist regime leader Joe Biden wants soldiers to pay for the equipment they used to risk their lives protecting our republic. Shame on you, Uncle Joe Biden. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to at the Edwards Notebook 1 via Truth Social. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akureyri, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. 
Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today. This is Becky Noble. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for sticking with me through that very brief break. Uh, just so happens that Miss Becky Noble, who you just heard in that liner, will be joining us this upcoming Friday, uh, as well as a couple of other guests. We're still trying to get confirmation on one, uh, but we've almost got everything squared away. Be sure to tune in for the Friday night live show. Uh, we'll be, uh, you know, obviously in action. Now, before we get back into uh, today's topics, I want to make sure that you are aware that if you've been waiting on a special kind of deal on one of my favorite pieces of gun gear, you really need to check out the special holiday promotion currently being run by our friends over at Vanish Holsters. See, they're doing this awesome deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and then get a second one 50% off that already low discounted price. Now, that's perfect if you want to own and use the world's most comfortable holster and then give one to a friend or family member as a gift. I promise you're going to love this holster more than any other holster you own. And the reason why is because you can use it to carry almost any gun that you own in absolute comfort. In fact, it's so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing it. That, uh, by the way, is why they call it the Vanish Holster to start with. Now, the Revolutionary Holster is a absolutely phenomenal revolutionary holster because it fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions and also lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I think that you will, you can get all your money back with their hassle-free return policy. Now, important to remember, it is a holiday deal, so it is set to expire soon. And let's be honest, we know what's going on out there. Criminals are more emboldened than ever, and the threat of terrorism is looming larger than ever. So don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster is uncomfortable. And, you know, I've been there, so I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying that if any of you have been in that situation, as I have, there's something to keep in mind. Okay, so how do you go about getting this deal? Uh, visit them at www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go do that right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P, Vanish Holster Special Deal. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Okay, so another bit of news that uh, definitely worth talking about. I'm interested to see how this plays out. Uh, it certainly should be interesting. Congressional Republicans unveiled legislation on Tuesday that would establish a new office tasked with enforcing the ban on affirmative action and, and, here's the part they actually have some power to do with, strip federal funding from universities and colleges that engage in racial discrimination. Now, titled the College Admissions Accountability Act, 
This particular piece of legislation, uh, primarily written by Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio and Jim Banks of Indiana, it would create a special inspector general's office within the Department of Education to enforce the Supreme Court's ruling on students for fair admissions versus Harvard, which of course found that considering race in the administration process violates the 14th Amendment. Now, at the time of that hearing, we celebrated for the two and a half seconds that were permitted to celebrate a conservative victory here on the show. And then we immediately pointed out that there are so many ways to work around it and that most universities and colleges were already talking about finding a way to skirt this rule, finding a way to work around it. And that is the natural default setting for most of these leftists and liberals. They immediately, upon hitting a roadblock that is keeping them from achieving their desired goals, they start looking for workarounds until they can just change the settings altogether. And that's exactly what they're doing. So that's why this is kind of important. Now, again, you're talking about a position that's going to exist within the Department of Education. I would much rather it be somewhere else because I would much rather at some point or another see an end of the Department of Education at the federal level. There is no reason to have it. None. Nada. It doesn't improve education. It only works as oversight for sending money places that could just as easily be done by any other governmental entity. You don't have to have a Department of Education in order to send out money to the states to allow them to then trickle down that money to the various educational uh, systems throughout the individual states. You don't have to have a department dedicated to just that. And you really shouldn't tempt yourself, if you're the federal government, with a department that claims to be of education, because how are you not going to put yourself in a position where you want to control education? Education is supposed to be local, guys. It's supposed to be in the hands of the communities. That's why you have a board of education locally. They're the ones who are supposed to be handling the curriculum and making sure that the schools are operating properly within your counties, within your cities, municipalities, however it's set up in the area that you are. It's not supposed to be top-down, and it's a bad idea to let it be. So, again, I would very much like to see this legislation put this responsibility somewhere else that has oversight capabilities. <laughs> anyway, the proposed legislation, which was first reported by the Free Beacon, comes as several universities have indicated that they may not comply with the Supreme Court's ruling. Quoting here, following the court's ruling, several American colleges and universities issued statements or unveiled new policies at odds with its letter and spirit. Uh, this is actually in the legislation itself. Institutions of higher education, including their offices of administration and their offices of admissions, must comply with the Constitution and the laws of the United States 
as interpreted by the judiciary. Now, see, I have a problem with that, too. Because if it requires interpretation, then you didn't write it plainly enough. And laws in this country should be written in a way that every layman can understand. Why, Tim? Then we wouldn't need lawyers. Uh, your point? <laughs> it should be that simple. Anyway, Columbia Law School initially said that they would require applicants to submit a video as part of their application in the wake of the Supreme Court rulings before backtracking, after critics, of course, noted that it might be, quote, a willful effort to evade the requirements of Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. Other institutions, of course, responded to the ruling by modifying their essay prompts to inquire about applicants' cultural background and lived experience, as well as their beliefs on diversity and inclusion. Some universities, like Boston College and the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, admitted that the prompts were created in direct response to the ban on affirmative action. Every student in America is entitled to equal protection under the law, regardless of their background. Uh, this, of course, a quote from uh, J.D. Vance. And he said this before adding, quoting again, this bill creates the means necessary to enforce the court's decision and hold colleges and universities accountable for illegal discrimination on the basis of race. Again, those are good words. And it's a great idea to try to, to find a mechanism to enforce this. The problem still comes from expecting the Department of Education to do it and considering that the Department of Education as it currently exists is a portion of the executive branch, meaning that whoever's going to be in charge is going to serve at the will of whoever is the president at the time. So if a certain party is in power, if a setting president happens to be a member of a party that doesn't think they should be interfering with the college's right to discriminate, then they're not as likely to actually enforce these rules, even though it's not a bad idea. These colleges and universities, if they're going to violate the law, certainly should face consequences for it. But the thing is, they've been violating these laws for a while now. They've been discriminating against, uh, in particularly, whites and Asians. And they've been doing it because of the disproportionate level of success that these students typically uh, have. Now, I, I get wanting to create an environment where you are more available to students that traditionally struggle more. And, and I would applaud an effort to help these students to get a leg up. But engaging in affirmative action is still a violation of our most basic anti-discrimination laws. Because you, just like you can't end racism by engaging in racism, looking at you, Ingram X. Kendi, um, but you can't in discrimination by engaging in discrimination. It doesn't solve the problem. It just creates new ones. And if you eliminate qualified students 
to make room for students that maybe aren't ready, aren't academically prepared to meet the rigors and achieve the standards and the expectations of a university like Harvard, for example, then you haven't done them any favors. You've just hurt other people that probably should have gotten the nod ahead of them. This should be based on merit, not based on how much melatonin, uh, melatonin you have in your skin. I, I mean, this is not a rational way to make a decision, and it is racist and discriminatory. But it's all part of their anti-woke plan, right? Uh, we're going to be anti-racist. And that's how we're anti-woke, even though that is the epitome of being woke. Now, in addition to creating the Office of the Special Inspector General for Unlawful Discrimination in Higher Education, uh, say that ten times fast, the legislation would also pull federal funding from universities that violate the Supreme Court's ruling and engage in racial discrimination. The potential punishments would also address discrimination in financial aid determinations, and academic programs. The office created by the legislation would exist separately from the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, giving applicants and employees a new means by which to file discrimination claims. In other words, where if an Asian student had filed uh, with the Office of Civil Rights before and was rejected because, you know, they're not black or brown, well, then now they have this whole new office where they could go and presumably would be treated correctly. Again, a lot of stuff up in the air. Now, Christopher Rufo, the conservative activist who spearheaded the fight against critical race theory and now serves as a trustee at the New College of Florida, he said, quote, the federal government has given the universities free reign to discriminate against white and Asian students. Senator Vance's proposed legislation would put a stop to this. Only not really. I mean, you got to do something, I guess. And if you still believe in the power and the ability of the federal government to, to get something done, if you still believe that this is something that can be accomplished this way, then okay, I, it's not a bad route to take. But the problem still remains that it's not going to be easily solved. And the government isn't going to be able to change the hearts and minds of the woke, indoctrinated next generation of indoctrinators. The administration... The educators, they still want to do this. They're going to do this. It's going to take more than a political position to make the change. You know me. And in an hour, out on a positive note. <laughs> I mean, hat tip to J.D. Vance for trying, though. And given the office he holds, it's really about the best you can hope for. All right, so right now... It's the holiday season, as I've already said. One of the best things that uh, you can do is offer up the gift of financial security. Uh, well, okay, maybe you can't do that. Uh, but there are things you can do to kind of hedge yourself against 
inflation and the like. And one of those things is to own gold and silver. Best way to do that, if you're even thinking about gold and silver, is to call my friends over at the Harvard Gold Group. Look, they are Better Business Bureau approved five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy, easy to sell. They have a low price guarantee. They offer up to fifty. $15,000 in free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. You might want to call just to find out what that involves. Give them a call for their free investor's guide today. Whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or have gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can give them a visit online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, let them know I sent you. Mention promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, or mention TAP into the truth, or uh, say that Tim Tap guy over there, the, the conservative guy with the, the radio show. You can tell them any of those. Just let them know I sent you, and that'll qualify you for an additional $250 on top of all the other promotions that you qualify for. Also with a qualifying purchase. So one more time, that's 844-977-GOLD, 844-977-4653, or harvardgoldgroup.com. Go check it out right now, uh, and, uh, you know, all the things. All right, let's uh, reset the hour, and uh, we'll pick up right where we left off. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. Happy Holiday! This is Amy with Amy's Audios, and you're listening to Tim Tap. Happy Holiday! Happy Holiday! Happy Holiday! While the merry bells keep ringing, Happy Holiday to you! All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, glad to have you along as we slide headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. So very glad to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, you know, before we get into uh, hour number two, I got a couple of stories that I'm going to try to get to. Because the first one, I'm going to be kind of hot about. I might not have enough time for the second one. Uh, yeah, this is one you probably heard about by now, but I'm going to get to it. But before we do that need to remind you about what do you do, what do you get for the person on your shopping list that literally has everything, or at least, you know, they have everything that they might actually want. Well, I might recommend give them the gift of preparedness. Get them some preparedness items that they can use right now, but could literally save their lives later. Now, of course, you know, I'm talking about our friends over at Four Patriots and all the great items that they have available. doesn't matter if your concern is purified water. It doesn't matter if you're concerned is backup electricity in the event of an extended outage of power, or if you're just concerned about having food and not being able to get to the grocery store. Maybe you go to the grocery store and there's nothing there. Whether we're talking about natural disasters, horrible weather and storms, or something a bit more man-caused related like civil unrest or terrorist activity, whatever it may be. For the person that has everything, 
they can never have enough of this, and that actually goes for you, too. Remember to get something for yourself while you're at it. Best way to, to check this, especially if you're looking for a deal, go to the page that the folks at 4Patriots have set aside just for listeners of the show. Go to 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You do that, and it will start you out seeing this week's deals. And, you know, check it often because it changes. Now, sometimes two, maybe even three weeks in a row will have the same deals, but that's very rare. Uh, It's not that uncommon to see some of the same stuff there two weeks in a row. But here's the deal. You're going to get to see whatever they have on sale at the moment, and then you're going to get to see items that they're running low on inventory, and they think it might be a while before they're back in stock. Therefore, giving you a chance to decide if you want to go ahead and get that while you can uh, it's good to have the options, right? That's where you get to start, and then you can shop the rest of the page after that, the rest of the site, check out the entire store. They've got so many cool gadgets and things, and they have payment plans available for the things that are a bit more costly. So you're good to go either way, but take that first step. Go see for yourself the number four. Now don't type out the word four. Just hit the number. Just right up there, number Hit number locks, boom, over there, four, then patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You will not regret it. That's all I can tell you. Everybody I've talked to uh, that's gone there, they come away purchasing items, uh, things they didn't even realize that they uh, needed until they got to looking at it. like, wow. And again, some great items that uh, work for gift giving items. So, you know, it's Christmas. Uh, It's Christmas season. Do what you got to do. Okay, so let's set the scene. A Colorado school district decided to assign an 11-year-old girl to share a bed with a biological boy who identifies as transgender. Uh, This according to a demand letter from the girl's parents. Uh, The demand, we'll get to that in a minute. So we're talking about Jefferson County Public Schools in the Denver area. They assigned the fifth grade girl to a room with three other students, two girls from her school and a boy from a different school during a cross-country overnight trip in June to Philadelphia and to Washington, D.C. This, again, according to the letter, that was first reported over at the Daily Signal. Now, the 11-year-old was told she would share a bed with the trans-identifying boy. However, she became uncomfortable later that evening when the students were in their room together and the boy revealed he was actually a boy who identified as a girl. The young girl snuck into the bathroom and quietly called her mother, who had come on the trip but was not a chaperone. The girl and her mother asked the chaperones to move her to a different room, and initially, the chaperones tried to have her simply switch beds in the same room. However, the chaperones eventually agreed to move the boy to a different room, but lied to the other students about why, saying one of the girls needed more space. This is still from the letter. Quoting here, An 11-year-old child 
was placed in a position where she feared social backlash if she requested a different room in front of the other students. This was all stated in a December 4th letter from Kate Anderson, director of the Center for Parental Rights at Alliance <clears throat> Defending Freedom. Continuing with the letter, quote, This practice renders it impossible for these parents to make informed decisions about their children's privacy, upbringing, and participation in school-sponsored programs. Now, the boys' parents also allegedly told school officials that their son was in, quote, stealth mode, meaning that other students were not supposed to know that he was, in fact, a biological boy. Now, the girl's parents, Joe and Serena uh, Wiles, I believe is the way to pronounce that, they're demanding answers from the school district. Joe and Serena, they got a right to know here. So they're saying, hey, school district, we pay our taxes, you work for me. They're saying that they object to their daughter rooming with a child of the opposite sex, period. It doesn't matter how they're dressing. It doesn't matter how they're identifying. And it sure as heck doesn't matter when you tell me that you expected them to share a bed. I'm, I'm with Joe and Serena on this one, by the way. The family is demanding that the district clarify its policies around trans-identifying children and answer whether it will continue to intentionally withhold information about rooming accommodation from parents. It seems like a reasonable request there. In fact, I would take it a step further, and I would suggest that intentionally hiding such information is a clear violation of the covenant that they as educators have made with the parents who entrust them with their children. Now, I get it. There seems to be a lot of folks in the education... <sighs> what's, what's the best word to use here? I was going to say industry, but that's not really the right appropriate word here, is it? Uh, although it has become a bit more of an indoctrination factory that feels more like an industry than the education field, there's a lot of people in the education field who have adopted this woke mentality, who have taken to the indoctrination of the children so much so, and I still claim that it's because these people now that are operating as educators that are operating as administrators, they've all been indoctrinated too. In fact, they become so indoctrinated during the course of uh, getting through college and then uh, staying in this field and continuing the ongoing continued learning and, and continue to get hammered and hammered and hammered with this woke ideology that they are victims of the ideology themselves to the point that they don't even recognize it's wrong anymore. They now somehow believe that it's more important to let the kids think they're getting away with something rather than make sure the parents are informed. It is the complete opposite of how the education field used to operate. They used to be desperate to get parents to be involved with these classes, with their students in particular, and to come and be chaperones and, and to be involved on parent-teacher night and to, to just care 
about what's being taught in the classroom. And now it's literally the opposite. They don't want parents to know uh, during the age of COVID, during the remote learning process, even here in the state of Tennessee, it happened where they demanded parents sign affidavits swearing, attesting to the fact that they would not peek in on the distance learning, the remote learning. You're not going to, you're not going to go see what they're doing. Cause why? Because they don't want you to know what they're teaching the kids anymore. They don't want you to know what the indoctrination is. So if you're intentionally keeping parents in the dark about what you're up to, that is a violation of trust at the very least. And that is something you should be answerable to. And I'm glad that these parents care enough about their daughter that they're not okay with this because they shouldn't be. The parents also said that the district had assured parents repeatedly that boys and girls would be roomed on different floors during the trip. Chaperones even told the students that boys and girls would not be allowed to visit the floor of the opposite sex. Quoting here the girl's father, I felt a bit helpless. I was 2,000 miles away. My daughter is scared in a bathroom trying to get herself out of a situation. It was a frustrating experience, and I just really felt like it was not a situation my daughter should be put in. Anybody out there disagree with uh, with our father here? Because I, I got to tell you that if you do disagree with him, uh, there's something wrong with you. Okay, he's absolutely spot on. Thankfully, the wife was on the trip, but she wasn't one of the chaperones, so she still couldn't intervene. She couldn't get involved other than I am the parent. They had signed permission slips that let these <coughs> administrators make these decisions for them. Now, as far as the trans-identifying boy, well... <coughs> The trans identifying boys' privacy and feelings were always the primary concern of school employees. The family here involved also said in their letter that they have two fourth grade children who are registered for upcoming overnight school trips next year, and they want answers before then. They want the answer to whether or not this school system is going to continue to intentionally withhold information. If they're going to continue to intentionally prevent parents from knowing what it is that's exactly going to be going on as far as accommodations are concerned. Now, I'm a fan of school children getting to take overnight trips as part of official school functions, or, or at least I was. I'm not sure I feel the same way anymore. And it has a lot to do with the fact that you can't trust these people anymore. Now, there was always some level of concern about who the school was getting, who they were using as a chaperone. 
Were all the chaperones on the level? Were there going to be some bad actors? Were there going to be some parents that, well, let's face facts, not all chaperones are parents. <coughs> some of them are people that work for the school in some capacity. Maybe typically as a bus driver. This was an opportunity to go uh, collect a little extra cash that month. It's something along those lines. But regardless of who the chaperones are, you might always have that one chaperone that's thinking, well, you know, that's part of the fun of these trips, breaking a rule or two, thinking you've gotten away with it. And even then, you know, if this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd see this happening with 11-year-olds and you would think, okay, well, how much could really happen? But that's not where we live anymore, boys and girls. We're talking about a over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized group of children that are being objectified from the time they're freaking five years old, if not earlier. Thank you, Disney. Hi, Bob. <laughs> In the words of one Elon Musk. By the way, uh, Bob, you also can do the rest of the words of Elon Musk. Uh, you would always have the situation now where the level of pornographic material that's being pushed on students at an earlier age, the level of nutrition that allows students to start puberty earlier, this is a recipe for freaking disaster. This is something that could have gotten a lot worse. And at the end of the day, the school has a responsibility to the trans-identifying student. But it also has a responsibility to all the other students. And it must be an equal accommodation. Meaning that this biological boy just needed to have a space of their own. Well, then they're going to feel ostracized. And then they're going to feel like they're not included. They're the ones that have put themselves in the situation to be left out of something like this. You're not going to get to share the room with the guys because the guys think you're a girl. Well, okay. Then either stop acting like a girl, even if it is an act, even if it is just for that point in time, or... Continue to act like a girl, but let the school folks come up with an excuse for why they had to be by themselves. I really don't believe that schools have ever taken enough steps to keep boys and girls separated on overnight trips that are official school functions, ever. I don't think it's ever happened. And that's part of the reason why it was so difficult for a lot of schools to even start overnight trips. But I do believe it's worthwhile to visit Philadelphia. I do believe it's worthwhile to see Washington, D.C., although you need to also not, not just worry about the, the accommodations, but you need to bring private security with you. I mean, th these are both a couple of places where on any given Tuesday, you might walk down to one of the main thoroughfares and see the cops getting mugged. <laughs> that's the level of uh, crime uh, that's going on now. But you should get to see the capital. You should get to see the birthplace of liberty. You should get to make these trips. And parents should be able 
to count on the chaperones and the school system themselves to put every safeguard in place to protect their children from every possibility. And that starts with appropriate accommodations. Now, I really don't care that this trans-identifying biological male wanted to make this trip as a girl. It doesn't bother me at all. The, the administrators knew it. They were trying to keep a secret. That's the part that bothers me. Do not put this boy in a room with girls. I don't care how he identifies. He can stay dressed up all he wants to. He can pretend, pretend, pretend all he wants to. It's his own issues that he's going to have to deal with later. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. But it's no skin off my nose. And it's no skin off anybody else's as long as the school does the right thing. But the school did everything wrong here. Everything wrong. You cannot try to keep this information away from parents because eventually they're going to find out first and foremost. The one thing that they really don't seem to understand was that most fundamental principle when they were teaching honesty. Uh, <laughs> it used to be rule number one. I always tell the truth because first and foremost, there's a lot less repercussion for telling the truth about a bad thing that happened than for trying to cover up the bad thing because lots of times you might really only get in trouble for trying to cover it up. This is something they should be learning right now, and there should be serious consequences against every person that was involved in this effort to intentionally deceive, misinform, and hide information from the parents, because that's who they're ultimately accountable to. And there's not enough teachers, not enough school administrators that remember that anymore. They think just because their check is signed by such and such and is issued by this location that, that that's who they're beholden to. But the money that covers the account that lets you draw the cash from that check is taxpayer dollars. You work for the parents who send their children to your class, and it doesn't matter where they're at on the economic spectrum. It doesn't matter how much they pay in the form of local taxes or state taxes because they're paying sales tax at the very least, and most states divert at least some of that into the education as well. You work for the parent. You may not agree with the parent's opinion about your curriculum. You may not agree that there's anything wrong with just trying to sweep this under the rug and letting this little boy who thinks he's a girl, or at least is trying to convince you guys that he thinks he's a girl, <clears throat> just let him uh, share a bed with an 11-year-old girl. What could possibly go wrong? Maybe you honestly don't see the issue because you believe that this kid really believes that he's a she, and so nothing bad would happen. But um, you don't get to make that call. That is not your purview. You just don't get to do that. I'm sorry. I don't care 
what you think about that. You don't get to make that call. The parents get to make that call. And if you got some parent that's okay with it, oh, sure, my daughter can do that, then <laughs> legally you get them to sign the waiver, and I guess it's fine, but uh, yeah, then maybe there should be an investigation into the parents and whether or not they should be parents. Not every adult that has a kid should be a parent. The easy accommodation here would have been just to get the kid a room of their own from the get. Just right out the start. From the get-go, from the start, from the very beginning, right from the jump. That would have been the appropriate thing to do. That's the thing they should have done. But did they? No. They put these biological girls in an uncomfortable situation. And they did it, fully knowing that they were doing it. They knew. And it wasn't until the boy admitted to this girl, who was going to be sharing a bed. It's like, yeah, well, uh, there's, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> yeah, okay. Might be the understatement of the decade. Somewhat needs to hold everyone involved with this accountable. They need to be removed from their position. If the teacher was aware, that teacher needs to be fired and not allowed to work anywhere else, at least not in this country. If some Canadian or some English school wants to hire them, then fine. Make them leave. Get them their passport, ship them off. School principal, uh, administrator of any other kind, they knew the chaperones were aware and they were still going to play along with this, then guess what? If they have any official connection to the school education system anywhere, that too needs to be revoked, ended, done. No moss. And they certainly should never be allowed to be a chaperone again, whether they have any official connection to the school system or not. Gee, Jim, you're sounding awful harsh about this one. Why? Well, why do you think? Maybe it's the fact that I have. My, my children have all been girls. Maybe it's the fact that as a father of girls, I really don't like the idea of them being forced into a situation by some school administrator who's trying to be committed to the cause that's trying to be an ally to some kid who isn't old enough yet themselves to truly understand this game that they're playing, who may very well be a victim of a parent that wants to be cooler than they are, and so they're putting their son in harm's way. It's not right. It's just not right. Okay. Uh, if I go on any longer, it's only going to get worse. So let's go ahead and slide into the next uh, half hour break. Sound about right? Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Dearest Santa, I don't want toys or choo-choo trains with lots of noise. 
I want a home like other boys Christmas Hi, I'm Becky Noble. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap in the Truth. I will be just as good as I can be if you'll give me a family Christmas Day. I'm so lonesome, I'm so blue, is there something This little boy who's begging for a mother whom he'll just adore Christmas Day. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy game. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. The candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. Candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stained it with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and his great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where follow me via Truth Social at the Edwards Notebook One. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. 
constitutional grounds. The hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to blueagecoffeecrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett's from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today.
Hello, I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Ron Edwards American Experience Talk Show and the Edwards Notebook Commentary, wishing you and my good friend Tim Tapp a happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that break. I hope you're enjoying the liners with the sounds of the season. You know, I tend to to get to that mindset, and I hope that it's helping you guys to get there. Uh, let me go ahead and knock out both reads here for our our really awesome uh, friends. Talking about our friends over at Vanish Holster, first and foremost, uh, those guys are fantastic, and they've got just a great product. Right now, they're doing an awesome deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount, and then get a second for half off of that already discounted price. Now, that's perfect. If you want to own and uh, don't forget to use the world's most comfortable holster and then to give one to a friend or a family member. Hey, you know what? You don't even have to limit it to just that. You know, if you're thinking in terms of, okay, I'm going to buy one for me and then at half off buy one for my brother who's been needing a new holster for a while, and then you get it and think, hey, that's, it really is everything that they swore. So now I'm going to go back, I'm going to buy one and get one half off uh, for uh, my cousin Bill and then for my neighbor Johnny. And, you know, you'll be surprised how much you're really going to like this holster because it's a great holster. And it is a fantastic as a buy one, get one half off deal. Uh, yeah, and I promise you, I mean, you're going to like this holster more than any other holster you own. And the reason is because you can use it to carry most any gun that you own. And you can do it in absolute comfort. In fact, it's so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing it. Uh, <clears throat> that is why they call it the Vanish Holster, by the way. This revolutionary holster fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. And it also lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, it comes with a money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I think you will, you can get all your money back with a hassle-free return policy. Uh, you really can't lose on the deal. This is, however, a holiday deal, so it is set to expire soon. And, you know, just looking around right now, you know the deal. Criminals are more emboldened than ever, especially in certain parts of the country. The threat of terrorism is looming larger than it has in a very long time. Do not make the mistake of being unarmed. 
just because your holster is uncomfortable. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, before we get back into action, I want to talk to you a little bit about our friends over at the Harvard Gold Group. Look, right now the feds are still looking to push the digital dollar. Okay? That's 100% government control over your money. Does that sound good to you? Where is your privacy? Gold and silver are hard currency. They're real money, and they're outside of government control, just FYI. If you're looking at a recession or near recession conditions, inflation, historically, gold and silver tend to go up significantly in value during recessions, mostly because dollars are worth less. But uh, retirement accounts, you know, doesn't hurt to have hard assets. Retirement accounts, they give you more control. When you look at performance, Gold significantly outperforms the Dow and the S&P over the past 20 years. Uh, safe haven? Well, during times of uncertainty of all kinds, whether you're talking about social divides or even war, gold and silver have been safe values, a safe haven for the value of the wealth you've accrued. Diversification. You should be diversified under any and all circumstance. So, with experts still expecting another economic crisis, and I hate to use that term, especially when we're supposed to be talking about uh, peace on earth and goodwill towards men in the Christmas giving season, it's still a fact that an economic crisis is looming. Thank you, Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. If you've been thinking about gold, or don't understand how physical gold can diversify and protect your hard-earned wealth, then you really need to call my gold company Harvard Gold Group. They're Better Business Bureau approved with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and sell. They've got a low-price guarantee. They offer free promotional gold and silver up to $15,000 worth with a qualifying purchase. It would be worthwhile just to call them to find out uh, what that qualifying purchase is. So go ahead and give them that call. Get their free investor's guide to, to figure out if gold and silver is right for you, if that's the move for you to diversify. Because whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or if you just want to have gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group right now at 844-977-GOLD, that's 844-977-4653, or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Just don't forget to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, or mention uh, TAP into the truth or whatever. They should ask you, if you call them, they're supposed to ask you, how did you hear about them? Mention Tap into the truth. I heard it on Tap into that Tim Tap guy on Tap into the truth. I'm trying to make sure you remember to mention because 
by doing that or using promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, if you're online, that's going to qualify you for an additional $250 worth of free gold or silver, uh, gold and silver, uh, again, with a qualifying purchase. So, excuse me, I had to clear my throat. Um, again, give them that call. That number one more time is 844-977-GOLD. And just so that you do know, in, in case gold throws you off, it's 844-977-4653. Or like I said, you can take the easy route and go to harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, see what they've got to offer. It's going to be good for you. Because information is power. Okay, so got both those out of the way. I want to remind you also, a lot of my pillow products make for great Christmas gifts as well. You can go to mypillow.com backslash TAPP at the jump if you want, or just go to mypillow.com and don't forget to use promo code TAPP at checkout. Uh, it'll save you a bit and it lets them know I sent you. So it's a good deal either way. But uh, even if you do go to mypillow.com, dot com backslash tapp make sure you use the promo code at checkout now i think we've covered enough stuff for all the i'm trying to sell you something business that's how we keep the lights turned on here uh real quick i say real quick we'll see how far i get the united nations and in particular certain parts certain offices of the united nations have come in come under fire since the Israeli-Hamas war got kicked off. And the reason for that is because the UN has, for all intents and purposes, behaved as a partner for Hamas. They, and they've been doing this for a while. Same thing with all the other radical elements operating in both parts of the territories currently claiming to be Palestinian territory. But since October 7th, when Hamas terrorists invaded southern Israel and massacred at least 1,200 and kidnapped another 240 Israelis and people of other nationalities, I might add, the United Nations has been acting as an unofficial propaganda arm of the Iranian-backed Hamas terrorist organization. The propaganda campaign's main aim, besides smearing Israel, appears to be to build overwhelming international pressure on Israel to agree to an indefinite ceasefire, which of course would just give Hamas the needed time to regroup and replenish to continue its terrorist activities and to avoid being eliminated by the Israeli Defense Forces. To understand how the UN effectively runs the Hamas propaganda war, it's important to know that the UN, through its agency for Palestinian refugees, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, is effectively embedded with Hamas in the Gaza Strip. It can be difficult to make any meaningful distinctions between the two organizations. On October 7th, in fact, as the Hamas massacre of civilians in Israel unfolded, the UNRWA employees in Gaza celebrated. UN Watch wrote, 
in a report just this past month, quote, as soon as news of the horrific slaughter broke, which was live-streamed on social media by some of the terrorists, United Nations Relief and Work Agency staff immediately celebrated and justified it on Facebook. UNRWA has been a breeding ground for Palestinian terrorists from its early days. The perpetrators of the 1972 Munich Olympic Massacre in which 11 Israeli athletes were murdered. Almost all were raised and educated in UNRWA schools. Likewise, Mohammed Durif, the commander of Hamas's Al-Qasim Brigades, who masterminded the October 7th massacre, was also educated in a UNRWA school. Now, according to the Associated Press, Quoting from them here, from 2014 to 2020, UN agencies spent nearly $4.5 billion in Gaza, including $600 million in 2020 alone. More than 80% of that funding is channeled through the UN agency for Palestinian refugees who make up three-fourths of Gaza's population. That's some 280,000 children in Gaza attend schools run by the UNRWA, which also provides health services and food aid. The UN, through the UNRWA in Gaza, likely knows everything that happens there, including the terrorist infrastructure of the underground Hamas tunnels and their use of hospitals and ambulances. Yet, throughout this war, the UN has done nothing but feign horror and shock at Israel's necessary measures against Hamas's terrorists embedded within civilian society in Gaza. As the executive director of UN Watch, Hanel Neur, pointed out, <clears throat> quoting again, the UN has 13,000 employees in tiny Gaza. They know exactly what's going on. They all knew Hamas's terror infrastructure was in the hospital compound, or Israel wouldn't attack. They lied to the world for 16 years to paint Israel as evil. <clears throat> On October 24th, the UN Secretary General stooped to a new low when pushing a typical Hamas narrative of grievances. He said that the October 7th attacks, quote, did not happen in a vacuum, thereby seemingly justifying the terrorist attacks. Meanwhile, the UN has not bothered in the least to address the concrete and horrifying detail of what happened during the October 7th massacre. You know, the mass rapes, the horrific torture, the ruthless murders and the kidnappings. Nope, we, we have to pretend like those things didn't happen. Never mind the fact that we were literally celebrating when these events were live-streamed by the terrorists themselves. It, never mind the fact that here in the States, you have people showing up at city council meetings, looking at you, Oakland, that are saying, 
that this is all Israeli propaganda, that it didn't actually happen. Never mind the fact that it was actually Hamas terrorists that were live streaming it. Oh my goodness. This silence on what happened on October 7th is sadly in keeping with the UN's demonization of Israel around the clock. The UN invokes international humanitarian law, which Hamas, not Israel, is breaking by building military installations in protected civilian spaces, which, when used for military purposes, become unprotected by international law, by the rules of warfare. And then using civilians as human shields. Yes, again, that is Hamas, not Israel. Hamas is the ones breaking international law. Oh, but we've got to feel bad. Oh, well, you know, Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people, uh, even though technically they were elected to do exactly that. And they're more popular in Judea and Samaria than their elected officials that haven't had another election since being put in place. Uh, of course, we're talking about the current iteration of the PLO. Yeah. Why are Gazan civilians not allowed to take shelter from aerial bombardments in Hamas's 300 kilometers of underground tunnels? Why did the Israeli Defense Forces have to protect the Gazans fleeing south for their lives, as Israel had cautioned them to do so while Hamas tried at gunpoint to prevent them from leaving? This is not a trick question. It's not difficult to figure out, it, it is legitimate questions that everyone should be asking, especially those of you who wish to support the so-called Palestinian people. For those of you who actually are supporting Hamas, you should ask these questions and then you should be honest with yourself about the answers. This is not Israeli propaganda, although a lot of you out there have been trying to make that claim. It's the facts on the ground. Again, we've got Hamas violating international law, Hamas committing war crimes and hiding behind their civilians and not allowing their civilians to leave targeted areas in using civilian spaces like hospitals and schools as military installations. Meanwhile, the UN never calls for Hamas to stop using its civilians as human shields. No, 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 no. They want the civilians of Gaza to protect the weapons and show dead babies on the television cameras to imply that their deaths were Israel's fault, when in fact it's the fault of Hamas. Hamas is the ones that put them there in harm's way. And everything that the UN says and does regarding Israel's military operations in Gaza turns Hamas's war crimes 
on their head. To try to, to blame them on Israel. Meanwhile, the UN parrots as fact whatever outlandish claims Hamas produces, including Gazan casualty numbers, which oddly never include any mention of Hamas terrorists, but mostly women and children. And the numbers are constantly changing, depending on who you ask, and they keep getting bigger and bigger because they're completely made up. When Hamas claimed on October 17th that Israel had bombed uh, the uh, Gazan uh, Al-Alimili Hospital, falsely asserting that hundreds of people have been killed, the UN rushed to blame Israel. Now, mainstream legacy media around the world did the same thing. The UN Secretary General used his speech at the Belt and Roads Summit in China to condemn Israel for the explosion outside the hospital and to call for an immediate ceasefire, while Dennis Francis, president of the 78th session of the UN General Assembly, announced that he was shocked and horrified. On October 18th, Israel published evidence showing that the strike on the hospital compound was a misfired rocket aimed at Israel and launched by Palestinian Islamic Jihad. The UN said nothing. No, nope, no, nope. they wanted you to continue to believe the first lie that you were told. It goes much deeper than this. It is all part and parcel for what the UN is doing. They are a partner for all intents and purposes with Hamas. I think one of the funniest aspects uh, is even CNN has started questioning the Relief Works Group. And they had a meeting with the guy who's supposed to be in charge of the UNRWA. And he started talking about how it's ridiculous to think that their trucks are being used to transport weapons, that it's only food, that it's only humanitarian aid. And they're being cross-referenced and cross-checked to make sure that the food is ending up in the hands of the civilians that are supposed to be getting it. Now, I have no doubt that that's the policy. What I doubt is if this guy has ever set foot inside the Gaza envelope. I doubt, seriously, the guy that's supposed to be overseeing this has ever been outside of a Western nation. So whether or not he buys into the hype, he's got no real way of knowing what's going on on the ground. He knows the policies in place, he knows what they're supposed to be doing, and he knows he's getting paperwork that says all the right things. But that's all he knows. <coughs> but he wants to talk about how he can guarantee this or that. He can't guarantee Jack because he don't know. He just doesn't know. But even if he did... What else is he going to say? Is he going to admit to the reporters on CNN that, oh yeah, we've been uh, secretly involved with moving weapons and and all kinds of things strictly to support Hamas and their terrorist activities. We don't give an F about the civilians other than the fact that uh, they love death. They want to be martyrs. I mean... <laughs> Even if that was true and he knew it, do you really think he'd admit it? 
But there's so many opportunities for him to just not know. All right, that's going to have to be it for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with me to the very end. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain. If you really want to tap into the truth. This is Amy Hallam with Amy's Audios, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So grab your eggnog and your sip of brandy, relax, and God bless everyone. God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.